verse 13 to 35. Now on the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He, said, he asked them, what are you discussing as you're walking along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But he had hope, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning him. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told they what, what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the reading of God's word. Thanks be to God. If I could, yeah, please come on. And we'll be bringing us God's word this morning. Father, we thank you for Anne, Lord, thank you for her obedience and her willingness to come and serve you with her gift in this morning. We ask, Lord, that you will anoint her mightily with your Holy Spirit, 
Lord, that your word in our mouth, Lord, will, be, will come with precision and accuracy, that the words will be accompanied with signs and wonders. Lord, let your peace be upon her as she brings your word this morning. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. That's it. Oops. <laughs> Thank you. While we fiddle around, thank you so much for having us again. It's so lovely to be here. John and I love coming to be amongst you. And I love that last song that we sang um, in worship where it said, I speak the name of Jesus over my family. Did you notice that? And I suddenly thought, it's so lovely to be in the family of Oakley um, and sort of know that Jesus is amongst you. Uh, I have experienced Jesus amongst you already this morning because John and I, because, uh, you know, we're coming to do this, um, were invited to the pre-prayer meeting. Are you all invited? Yes. Oh, you already missed something if you don't go. Because <laughs> that, those people are on fire. And... Um, we arrived late, so don't let that put you off. You know, sometimes you can arrive late to something. Actually, you're the one that gets the gift. Um, Jesus says something like, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Now, if you arrive first here this morning, you're really keen and the Lord absolutely loves you. If you arrive last, you might just get the first place. So we arrived late to the prayer meeting. And as I was sitting there thinking... They've got the door open because of COVID, I expect, so that there's a lot of air coming through. That's nice, but it's quite cold. And, um, but they're really praying. All of a sudden, I experienced Jesus. And this is how I experienced Jesus. I suddenly smelt lilies of the valley. Do you know that some of you won't know what they smell like? Don't worry. Um, I do. Do you know what lilies of the valley smell like? It was a really strong smell just sort of in front of me. That's how I recognized that Jesus was there. I said, Jesus, if you're, if you're here, do whatever you want to do. And as we were worshiping together, um, I thought it's so lovely to be here in the worship. Don't ever miss the worship because that is actually the main thing. Did you know that? We are gathered to worship Jesus. And uh, we do that most easily as we sing. So here we are singing. Do you know when Jesus is in the house, things happen. So I just want to ask right now, how many of you, is there anybody here, let me ask it like this, is there anybody here who had a real struggle getting here this morning. You woke up thinking, oh, I don't think I want to go, or you, you, know, you want to have a bit more time in bed, or you just couldn't get the bus, or the car wouldn't work, or whatever it was. You had a bit of a struggle here, but you are here, and as you were in worship, you thought, oh, this is the place to be. Anybody like that? Yeah, quite a few. 
Jesus is here. Because when you arrive hassled, and very often we do these days, life is a hassle. They're doing wonderful things with this over there, the magic people on the tech will get my voice right. Well done. I am in a cave up here. <laughs> Is it because of that? You can't see you. I know, I can't, I can't see you either. I'm going to move this too. And then can we get the sound right as well? Is it this one? No, that's not. Okay. Um, okay. Jesus is here. Things happen. Did you come in today thinking, I'm in pain somewhere. But now, as you think about it, you no longer have that pain. Is there anybody like that? Is that true? Is it something you can share, or is it too personal? Oh, okay. Oh, you're so good at this, actually. Yeah, I'm, yes, I woke up this morning, and I struggled. Yeah, and I wanted to stay in bed, and, <laughs> and the kids weren't listening, and they weren't eating their breakfast, and the bus, and I missed the bus, and oh, we word, came everything. late. Oh, gosh. And, but you're right, I, I walked in, and I knew there'll be worship, we'll meet with God, and there'll be that time. And immediately, those things started falling away. And this week, particularly, I was struggling emotionally with uh, just, uh, I don't know, feeling sorry for myself, or... Um, just being upset over little things, forgetting how big God is, mm -hmm. and um, just realizing, oh my gosh, my identity, I suppose, to be is wrapped up around things, how I perform, and I didn't perform this week, so I'm all very upset. So bringing it all to God, and it's a very difficult, difficult place. And as we were singing, it all started to go away. And I just realized, yeah, God can heal all that. Jesus can, is Jesus here for you, yes. and Jesus has blessed yeah. you. And let, may, may Jesus' blessing rest on you. What's yeah. your name? Yelena. 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 Yelena, I bless you in Jesus' name with a continuation of his presence with you so Thank that you. you know that this is something that's not passing, but Jesus is with you all the time. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Is there anybody else who came in maybe with a physical pain even? And, um, yeah, is it something you want to share? Your head? I can't really hear. Your head, but it was something wrong. A bad headache. How has it gone? It's okay. Still got a little bit of pain. Oh, you couldn't sleep till 4 a.m. But you feel a little bit better. As soon as you came in. Do you know, sometimes uh, Jesus prayed twice for someone because the first time they said, Oh, my eyes feel a bit better, but I can still people, see people like trees. And Jesus said, let's pray again. Can we pray again for you? Uh, the, I, just stay where you are. But either side, yeah, just put a hand on her. What, what's your name? 
Mbake. Mbake, we just bless your head in the name of Jesus. Jesus is for you and he's healing you. He sees you and he loves you and he wants you to be free of the pain, the gripping pain that has gripped your head. And so we say goodbye to that pain in Jesus' name. Get off her, get off her and leave her head in peace. We speak peace over you and back here. In Jesus' name, Jesus is the one who brings you freedom from that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just watch for what Jesus is going to do. I'm back here. Okay, how many of you... <clears throat> uh, it may be that you've never been here before. I don't know. But um, how many of you know that feeling when you come in to maybe this place... And you suddenly feel, ah, there's an atmosphere. It feels okay. In fact, sometimes it can be a bit like, oh, it feels like it's home. You've come home. Or sometimes it just feels like, I don't know what it is, but there's an atmosphere in here, and I like it. Does it, anybody recognize that? Okay, that's, that is the presence of Jesus in a place. And it's because Jesus is in us. And as we gather, Jesus is glorified by us as we worship. And when Jesus is in a place, people get changed. We don't always understand that it is Jesus. Sometimes we just put it down to, oh, you know, suddenly I, that's okay. The weather's, the sun's out. I just want to say to you that it is really vital that as we meet together and as we worship Jesus, we begin to learn to see him. In fact, that's what I want to talk about this morning, learning to see Jesus. Because when we see that it is Jesus, we give Jesus the glory, and when we give him the glory, it's almost like he smiles on us, because that's what we're made for, a relationship with him, where we respond to him, and then he responds back to us. And then we respond even more, because it's even better. And there's a sort of growing relationship between us that means that the presence of God in this place as we're together is multiplied even more than when we are on our own. So don't ever give up meeting together like this because this is where we can more, more easily, most easily, most readily experience the presence of Jesus. <clears throat> and let me put it like this. I'm talking about learning to see Jesus because that makes all the difference. That makes all the difference. That transforms our lives. Now, just a minute. I mean, sorry, ever since I've had COVID, I've had a catch in my throat. Has anybody else had that? It's going, but I'm sorry. I apologize for it. Um, because you get me speaking to you with a catch in the throat, which isn't so much fun for you. Um, but this wonderful passage that we read today was all about two people. I'm going to call them Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas. 
We don't know. We know one was called Cleopas. We don't know who the other one was. But most likely it was his wife because they were apparently going home to Emmaus to their house. Maybe it was father and son. Maybe it was two friends who just flat shared. I don't know, but it's probably Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas. <clears throat> they started out in this story feeling really sad, downcast, depressed, hugely disappointed. And I suspect that many of us here today really understand what that feels like. In fact, there may be some of you who are carrying huge disappointment. I'd really love to give you the time to be prayed for at the end because things in life don't always turn out like we hope they would. We start off with huge hopes and dreams. You know, my, uh, we're living next door to our little grandchildren, granddaughter, and the other ones are always around there playing. And it's natural to hear small children say things like this, I'm a princess, and when I grow up, I'm going to be a princess, and I'm going to do this and the other. My, my little granddaughter next door, when I said to her, what do you want to be when you grow up? She said, I want to be a mummy. <clears throat> Everything in me as a woman thought, oh, you've got to have higher ambitions than that. But, <clears throat> but actually, she's spent a lot of time with her mummy over COVID, and she obviously really admires and loves her mummy, and she wants to be like that. What she probably doesn't realise is that her mummy had a, a real struggle and still struggles with infertility. See, many women want to be a mummy, and it doesn't happen. And then there are many women who do become a mummy and you have hopes and dreams for your children and expectations for them. And it doesn't turn out like that. And you carry a disappointment with you. And then there are others who long to have that sort of a family and it never really happens. You, you, you stay on your own. And then there are sort of not such massive disappointments, there are the sort of immediate disappointments where, you know, you expect something to happen and it doesn't happen. So here we have Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas. <clears throat> they're walking along the road and they're talking about their disappointments. And their massive disappointment is this, they've spent the last two or three years with Jesus, seeing what Jesus does, part of his crowd. You know, Jesus had uh, a crowd. He had three best friends, as it were. He'd take them to his healings and talk things over with them. But he had actually a wider crowd. He had 12 best friends. They're called the 12 disciples. Then we know he had an even bigger crowd. The 12 disciples were all guys. But in the bigger crowd that went round with him, maybe there were 72 of them, because that's what he sent out, there were women as well as men, probably Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas. They'd been with him, they'd seen what he did, and they'd thought to themselves, this is the guy who's going to save us. And you know what that meant? That meant he's probably going to save us from the political situation that we're in, where the Romans are overlording us dominating us and making life a mystery, frankly. And here's Jesus, and he's going to make life great. And then it's Sunday when 
we are talking about this passage. On the Friday before that, only three days before, Sunday, Saturday and Friday, they watched as he was crucified by those same Romans they thought he was going to save them from. All their hopes and dreams went onto that cross. And they thought, what now? He's dead. They shuffle around a bit. By Sunday, they're thinking, well, let's just go home. I mean, that's what you do, isn't it? When you're really disappointed with something, you just sort of give up and off you go. And they're just talking about how rough it is. Because when you're, if you're disappointed, you know exactly how that feels. Here's the first thing I want to say out of this passage, because it may be that you feel the disappointment that those two were feeling for different reasons. Here's the first thing. Jesus drew alongside them. It says, Jesus drew alongside them and walked. It was seven miles between Jerusalem, where they'd seen Jesus crucified, to their home village. And he just sort of turns up. You know, if you're walking along the road, you can sometimes catch people up. He'd probably caught them up, and he starts walking along with them and talking with them. Here's, if you're disappointed, this is why you should be encouraged by this. Because Jesus comes to those who are disappointed. That's very different from what they had experienced in the previous two or three years with Jesus. Because, see, when Jesus was on the earth, walking as a man, living as a man, and teaching and healing and everything, the crowds came to him. He's only in one place. Everybody had to come to him. And he drew huge crowds. I mean, 5,000 at a time was just the day's work. But what we're talking about in this story on the Sunday after the crucifixion is the start of a new age. They didn't know it then because they hadn't met it then. It was the age of the Spirit. This is the start, the very first, the very first days of a new age. And in the new age, Jesus comes to them. Think about it. That's quite mind-blowing. But here's the next mind-blowing thing. They didn't recognize him. That's extraordinary, don't you think? Because they'd spent the last three years with him. And he comes, and they don't recognize him. That says that he must have looked slightly different. But it also says this, and this is what we need to be really encouraged by. In the age of the Spirit, in this new age, Jesus comes to us, but we have to learn to recognize him. There's a process. There's a sort of relearning for them because they had recognized Jesus like this, but now he comes, whatever it is, like this. And they have to go through a process to learn to recognize him. But they stick with the process. That's what this story tells us all about. They so stick with the process that by the end, they are totally transformed. 
So at the beginning, they're disappointed, downcast, sad. By the end, they are people on a mission. I mean, they are so excited by having realized that they have met Jesus that they drop everything. It's almost like they don't even lock the house up. They race back over the mountain to get to Jerusalem in the dark, in the danger. It's not safe to be out at night in that sort of area to go and tell their friends because they're so excited. This is like two different people. And they've gone from that in a matter of hours simply because they've recognized Jesus. Now, you see, if you had arrived in that story when they were still disappointed and talking and Jesus had come alongside them and you'd said to them, guys, Jesus is with you, it's okay. Apparently, it wouldn't have changed very much for them because they hadn't recognized it was Jesus. It's really important for you and me to recognize Jesus and what Jesus is up to and where Jesus is and what he's doing. That's what changes us. I can stand up here all I, well, you know, for hours and tell you Jesus is here in this place. But unless you get on the journey to recognizing Jesus, it may not change you. And frankly, the transformation that went on in these two people on this journey to their home, when Jesus drew alongside them, the transformation that happened in their lives is what I would like in mine. What about you? Do you want to be in the sad downcast bit? Or do you want to be in the... I am fired. I recognize Jesus is alive. And if Jesus is alive, that changes everything. And I see so many people like that here. Okay, very quickly, I just want to talk us through the process that they went through to recognize Jesus. Because this story has been rumbling around in my thoughts and my spirit for some weeks now. And Jesus has been... Uh, bombarding me with it, and I just want to share those, the, the process because we can learn so much from this. Okay, the first thing is this, that these two were able to voice their disappointment. Being real about what happens in our lives is really important. Do you know, I'm so glad that Mr. and Mrs. Clearpass were not English. Because if they were, I know this from experience, they would have done something like this when a stranger had come along and walked with them. How are you doing? Oh, we're fine, thank you. We're lovely. Everything's fine. <clears throat> I've got my best face on, I shall smile, and everything will be all right. And then I'll go home and it's exactly the same. Thank heavens they weren't English. Because when Jesus said, so what's happened? And bear in mind that Jesus knows everything. It's the risen Jesus who does now know everything. He thinks it's really important for them to tell him or have it out, lay it out, 
what's going on in their hearts and their spirits. That's a really important thing, being real. Finding somewhere where you can be real, be authentic, say it as it is. And friends, you know this is the place, don't you? We have to have somewhere when we gather together. We have to have somewhere where we can be real about what's really bugging us, what really are the issues in our lives, so we can lay them out. Be thinking right now, where is that place where you have that? Hopefully, <clears throat> you have small groups or something like that in this church. It's a great place to be real. Hopefully, as you stick with coming here together, you're making good friends as some people. Like Jesus had the three. Three is all you need. Two will do. Even one will do. But we need to have somewhere where we can be honest about what's going on in our lives. The second thing is this. Jesus just listened to them when they were talking about their disappointments. But the second thing is, they listened to him. Because what he did was he took scripture and he started interpreting it for them. You know, they knew the Bible because they were Bible readers. But it's not just enough to know the Bible. You have to have Jesus interpreting it for you and for you in your situation. So it's no use just picking it up, reading it, put it down, go on to something else. You have to say, Holy Spirit of God, come and read this thing to me. Show me what it is you want to say to me through this. Show me the truth in this, because there are truths in this word which will enlighten your situation such that you can move on. That's what Jesus was doing for Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas. Um, yesterday, I was talking to someone who came to see me, who was very much, interestingly, <clears throat> in this sort of situation of being really um, sad and disappointed. Because she'd been on her own for the whole of the COVID lockdown period. And single people, frankly, have had a really raw deal in the last two years. So she was feeling really, really isolated, cut adrift, and with the depression that comes from that. Absolutely understandable. So many are like it. And because she's a believer, I said to her, has Jesus said anything to you as you've read the Bible? And she said, well, it's funny you should ask that. Because this morning I woke up and I thought, I really need to read the Bible. And I grabbed the Bible, opened it up at Ephesians, and I read through some, but just one line stood out to me. And I said, what was the line? And the line, I mean, I can't even remember it now. <laughs> because Jesus said it to her. And I said, that's all you need to go on. That's what you need to go on. That was just like Jesus opening up the, the scriptures to Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas. And you know, she sat there and she said, 
I feel much lighter. Oh, I I think I can can move on. And I said, that's Jesus. He's just interpreted the scriptures for you right now. That's what Jesus does. I was so encouraged to see Jesus speaking to someone today just like that. (laughs) Listen to what Jesus is talking to you about. And you only need one line or one word, but when you got it from Jesus, it will enable you to move on. So the third thing, so be real. Listen to Jesus through the scriptures. There's a third thing that's really important in your journey of recognizing Jesus, and it's this. See, it says in this passage that when they got to their hometown, Jesus made as if to go on. I mean, that... That's what people do, isn't it? You just walk on. You walk on to where you're going. And this is where they came in. Because they, <clears throat> they said to Jesus, don't go on. Come in. It's dangerous out there at night. Come in and stay with us. You've got to come in. And again, I'm thankful they weren't English. Because you know what the English do? We do. We, oh, you must come and see me. But I'll never give you a date. And then you never will. (laughs) You know that one. I'm not really down on the English. I am proud to be English. For those of you who are English, it's good, isn't it? But we do have our weaknesses. And um, Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas weren't like that at all. When Jesus said, oh, I'm, I'm going on, they went, no, you must come in. I mean, I guess they didn't have any food in the house because, well, they had some bread, obviously, but they can't have had that much because they hadn't been there. Make do. Anyway, they prevail on Jesus. They insist that he comes into their house. And then, of course, what Jesus does is, well, he actually takes over because he sits down at the meal table and takes the bread. Well, that's what the host does. You know, you don't expect the guests to come in and pour the tea. No, you pour the No. When Jesus comes in, he comes in as Lord. But you have to insist he comes. You have to ask him in. You have to... And this isn't just the first time in your life when you became a Christian. It's every time. You read the scriptures, you see the truth, and you say, Jesus, you've got to come in and share my life and take over and be in charge. When Jesus broke the bread, they recognized him. He'd done that on Thursday night before this Sunday. And suddenly they clicked exactly the same. We've seen Jesus do this. We know about this. This is Jesus. This is what Jesus does. It's Jesus. And that's when the penny dropped and life changed. Might seem a lot to say, okay, Jesus, take over. Come in and take over. But actually, it's when everything changes for the good. (laughs) Your situation outside might not change. The change is all happening in here. They recognized Jesus through the bread. Others 
didn't recognize Jesus immediately, the risen Jesus, because you have to learn this, but they recognized him through different things. So Mary, in the garden, thought Jesus alive from the dead was the gardener. Until she heard his voice saying, Mary. And then she recognized him. Peter, his best friend, didn't recognize him, standing on the shore. And it wasn't that he didn't have good eyesight, like me. I wouldn't have recognized anybody that far away. But Jesus stood on the shore and said to Peter, I know you haven't caught any fish last night, and you, a fisherman, you should have done, but you didn't. But if you put your net on the other side of the boat, you will. And Peter's so frustrated, oh, I'll do anything. He didn't know it was Jesus. Puts it over the other side of the boat. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Fish don't swim on one side or the other just like that. But they catch the fish. It's a miracle. And someone counts them. That was a miracle too. Because why were they counting fish when they should have been flocking to Jesus? But that's another story. Peter suddenly realized a miracle has happened. Jesus is here. It's Jesus. He, he recognized him through the miracle. So whether it's a miracle, whether it's a voice that you hear, whether it's like I had a smell, <laughs> how do you recognize Jesus? How do you recognize Jesus is in this place? Just for a moment, turn to the person next to you and um, share how would you recognize Jesus was here? Just for one minute. If you're not next to someone, you can either move or else... <clears throat> What is it you actually feel? What do you hear? What do you see? What do you smell? All these senses God uses. That's what you should be sharing about. Okay. I would love to have been uh, a little bird on the wall of every one of those conversations because this is how I'm finishing now. This was what the two, Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas, did at the end of the story. You see, Jesus leaves bodily, and what do they do? They talk to each other. 
and they said, hang on a moment, our hearts were burning when he opened the scriptures. What does that mean? You know when your heart goes, ooh. That's, it's like my friend yesterday who said, that was the line. There was something in my heart that was burning. Um, I just said to you, I smelt something. You know, Jesus makes himself known through every sense. But if I just go around uh, looking for smells of Jesus, I will probably miss him 99% of the time. Because he doesn't always make himself known like that. But when you tell me how you've just experienced Jesus, then I think, oh, hold on a moment. That was true for me as well. My heart was burning. Or I, I experienced that. There's a sort of heaviness in the atmosphere. It's like the air suddenly becomes thick. I felt that too. But as we talk to one another... We help each other to experience the presence of Jesus. And that's important because it was as they said that to each other that they said, wow, Jesus is alive. Jesus is here. He's still doing the stuff that he always did. We must make sure our friends know about this. We're going now. We're not waiting till the morning. We're going right now, seven miles back over the mountains, back to Jerusalem. And then they discovered others who were feeling the same way. Now, the sharing with each other how we experience Jesus, that Jesus is here, is really important. I hope you have somewhere in church, in this community, where you're doing that. Because that's the way we sort of teach each other about Jesus is here. It's not just the English liturgy the Lord is here, and you all say, well, you're not Anglican here. <laughs> what are they supposed to say, Mike? He doesn't know either. That's why you don't know. <laughs> John, what do they say? I say the Lord is here, and you say? Thank you. Okay. It's a really important Anglican liturgy. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. But I can just go straight over our heads. When it doesn't go over our heads, but goes into our hearts and our spirits, that's when we leave this place and we go out with a burning desire to tell all our friends, because they can't miss it. I mean, Jesus is alive. He's still doing the stuff. By the way, how is your head? It feels good. <laughs> Jesus is alive, and he's with you, see? Do you know, in a crowd that was around Jesus, there was one woman who crept through the crowd really quietly and touched Jesus. That's what we're talking about. Jesus is alive, and when you touch him, things change. And he's here, friends. Don't ever miss a Sunday. You might miss something really spectacular, but you will certainly miss good things. This is where it happens but we teach each other here how it happens there because Jesus walks alongside us, draws alongside us right where we are, even when we're in disappointment. And that happens often. I'm finished. 
But uh, I, want, I, I know the Lord isn't. And the Lord will continue to go with you. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. Look out for the change. Look out for the transformation. Because that's what's going to happen, friends. We already see it, John and I, as we come in, you know, off and on. We see the transformations happening. And that is exciting. You only need one to know that Jesus is in the house. Let's just stand up for a moment. As we finish. Thank you, Jesus, that you're here. Thank you, Jesus, that when you are here, everything changes. I just want to give you this moment just to be like those two in the story who insisted that Jesus came into their home. Just use this moment right now if you want to be like them and say, well, Jesus, if you're here, I really want you in my life. Don't go past my life and go to the person next to me. Just come into mine. I want you in my life. I want you here and don't go past me. Don't just walk past Jesus. I want you in my life. This is the moment for you to do that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You always come. And then if it helps you, put a hand on your own eyes or the eyes of your heart and pray this with me. Jesus, we want to be on this journey with Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas of recognizing you. We want to see you where you are. We want to be part of the process. Jesus, don't let us uh, hijack the process or, or, or leave it halfway through. Let us go through the whole thing so that we recognize you wherever you are. And Jesus, we're aware that you now come to us. You come to those who are disappointed. You come to those who are, have given up hope. And there are so many of them in our world. And Jesus, where we see you walking alongside someone like that, we want to recognize that you're there. And we want to be your hands and feet and voice and whatever it takes. So Jesus, open our eyes to begin to see you and recognize you where you are. We want to be part of that process. We want to relearn with those people. We want to see how you are manifesting yourself, not just here in church, but out there. Just like Terry and Mary saw something on that man with the car. Lord, we want to see the people who are around us, who you draw, you're drawing alongside. Jesus, open our eyes, open our eyes, open our hearts, open our spirits, fire our senses, every sense that you've given us, Jesus. We recognize that you are the one who has made us. You've given us these bodies with all the senses that you've given us, and we give them back to you, and we say, Lord, use us 
Use our bodies and what you've given us to make yourself known to us in our dreams, in our waking moments. Whatever it is, Lord, we want to see you. We want to recognize you. And we want to see the transformation that you bring in ourselves and in each other. Jesus, I pray that you would so bless us with your Holy Spirit that you would answer this prayer for each one who's prayed it. Thank you, Lord. Now, uh, as we just come to the close, really, what I want to do is give those of you who are carrying disappointments and um, uh, loss of expectations, maybe it's even unanswered prayers, I want to give you a chance to come forward and just be able to speak that out to the Lord so that you go on a journey of seeing and recognizing where Jesus is with you right in that difficult place. So if, if you're like that and you would value doing that, can you come forward? I think it's the, the, coming forward is the easiest thing to, to do that. Thank you. Jesus. It's tough being in a really uh, in a place where, but it happens to us all, by the way. And sometimes it's now that we're in disappointment, and sometimes it's, you know, we're, we're okay. There isn't anything. Are there any Christians in this church? <laughs> what we need is one or two people, maybe to come and just be with each of these people and let them say what it is they're carrying. Let them voice it. And then what you need to do is say, Jesus is alongside you. Let's listen to what he's saying. And let the person hear what Jesus is saying to them in it. Okay? So can we just get some people who would be willing to do that? Come up. Have, have you got a, a, a team that you do as well? This is the whole team. Okay. If you're a good listener, that's what it needs. It needs someone who has compassion in their hearts and wants to hear and wants to reach out. So would you come for each person? Um, I'm get, let's, let's get someone out for each person. When you've got someone, uh, by all means, just start. So got someone down here who needs someone to come and listen to them. Can you come Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Yalana. Who knows whether next week it will all be reversed and you will be the one that's got disappointment and you want to say it out to somebody else. Has everybody got someone? No. There's somebody over here and you need to, and some, sorry. Yeah. Come on. Come on. And somebody over here. Can you come and all right, you two lovely ladies. Can you come and listen to that? Yeah. Yeah. Is she, 
Sorry. Thank you, Mike. So the rest of us, we're just going to pray. If you pray in tongues, this is a moment for you to pray in tongues. The rest of us, Lord, what we're doing is we just want you to draw alongside each of these people who are nursing disappointments and unanswered prayers and difficulties, challenges in their lives. We want you to draw alongside them just like you did in this story. And we want you to hear their hearts Thank you, Lord, that they're able to bring these things to you. They're bringing them to you, and Lord, what they need is a word from you. They need you to interpret your word to them, to their hearts, to their situation. Jesus, that's what we're asking for right now. It's a precious thing to have a place for that. We thank you, Lord, for this place. We thank you for the freedom in this place to be ourselves. We thank you, Lord, that you draw alongside us. We thank you that you are in this place, and we already know that, Lord. We've experienced you, and Jesus, we want you to be with each of these now. Take them on the journey of recognizing you. As we carry on praying, we just want to give the opportunity for any others who want prayer for anything uh, other than what's been uh, raised this morning. If there are other issues in your life at the moment and you just want someone to stand with you, um, then um, please do come forward. We've, uh, we've got a people available who'd love to pray for you. Um, so this is, your, this is your moment. I want to stand with you regardless.
presence of God is here, isn't he? Isn't it? It's wonderful. And that's, um, that shouldn't surprise us because that's one of the things that we pray for in all our prayer meetings over and over again, the pre-service prayer meeting. Uh, in particular, we pray for more of God's presence, the weight of God's glory to rest upon this place. And we see that uh, Sunday by Sunday, week by week, and it's a wonderful thing. But you, haven't, uh, you, you don't just have to uh, know and feel God's presence here. Uh, it's wonderful that we do when we gather together, but you can, always, you can continue that uh, when you're at home, uh, inviting more of God's presence as you read his word, as you just sit and just hang out with him, as you listen to worship music. Um, you can take what you've experienced here home with you as well. Although there is a special uh, blessing when there's uh, a whole load of us together in one place like this, and it's wonderful. So I want to pray a blessing now as we draw to a close. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and throughout this week. Amen. Amen.